Hello, welcome back to Ask a Monk. This is a response in regards to the question as to whether or not uh, Buddhists uh, sh must be vegetarian, or what are my thoughts on vegetarianism. And this comes at a, an interesting time. Uh, just as I was intending to reply to this question, uh, it's now come up in the news that um, the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, has uh, adopted the philosophy that uh, we're often confronted with, that if one is going to uh, consume um, the flesh of other animals, then one should undertake to uh, take the life of those animals oneself. So one should be the killer rather than, uh, as the theory goes, allowing someone else to uh, kill for you. So uh, this makes this question quite uh, topical or, or <coughs> um, what's the word, quite uh, timely. You know? So just to give my thoughts on vegetarianism, it's not a um, it's not a simple discussion and it's not this isn't a question in fact that um, that should be taken lightly surprisingly it, it, it might seem like it's it's um, not a terribly important topic but it involves um, the very uh, core issue of Buddhist ethics and an understanding of it it, it, it um, require an answer of this question to this question requires an understanding of, uh, of what exactly Buddhist ethics are and uh, the sort of philosophy that the Buddha had so first of all I want to say that um, this is probably one of those questions that's going to get uh, negative responses from both sides from the people who believe Buddhists should be vegetarian and from those who believe, not Buddhist, but those who uh, sort of believe that people like Mark Zuckerberg are correct, um, that uh, <coughs> it, it's better to uh, better to kill for you know better to be the the person who uh, who does the killing rather than be hypocritical and and eat meat uh, eat meat but don't don't agree with killing if if you're stance is um, you know, that eating meat is okay then you are not therefore able to hold the stance that killing is not okay and therefore you should <coughs> actually be better off to kill for, for yourself rather than have people kill for you um, so uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say that except that um, you know, to, be, to, to, to be clear that I'm aware that, that this isn't going to be universally held and I don't want people to think that my view is the view held by all Buddhists or by all people who who, um, who, who follow the, the, the Buddhist teaching or, or you know who consider themselves to be Buddhist? Let's put it that way. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk. We have to talk about two things here. Uh, the first one is an understanding of Buddhist ethics. Um, Buddhist ethics are based on ultimate reality. 
And this is, shouldn't be a scary term, if you've been following the meditation teachings um, that I teach or that, that uh, are presented by uh, the Buddha himself, uh, what, is, what it means simply is the, the experience of rea the reality around us in the present moment. So Buddhist ethics are not intellectual, they're not passed down by some higher authority, they're scientific. Something is unethical, not because of specifically the suffering that it brings to the, the victim, uh, in the case where there is a victim, or to other people. Uh, it, they're not unethical because they, uh, because they cause suffering. They're unethical uh, because they change the the mind of the person who, who undertakes them. They lead, specifically they lead to one's own detriment. Uh, something is ethical and simply because it, uh, by its very nature, uh, degrades the, the, the state of one's mind. So when Mark Zuckerberg cuts the throat of a, uh, a goat, um, now immediately what comes to my mind is not the suffering that the goat is going through because that's actually relatively minor uh, it's not a big deal to have your, your throat slit that might seem like a horrific thing to have happen and indeed it is but relative to the, the state of mind of a person who would do that to another living being uh, I find that far scarier and that's not a theoretical, that's not an intellectual view it's one that comes from looking at my own history and the things that I've done and being able to compare them uh, with, with these sorts of action. I cringe at the thought of someone doing that to another living being and that comes from, from cringing at my own actions and being able to see the, the uh, well, well, being able to see the, the results of my own actions and how they've affected me and, and how wrong it was feeling 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 bad about them from the core of my being uh, it comes from an ability to empathize which we gain through the meditation practice um, because someone who empathizes with the suffering of others will never do these things and um, it's only through uh, the um, pushing away or the repression of our empathy for the suffering of others that we're able to do these sorts of things it's a horrific thing to, to, to kill another living being and the fact that that's not clear to us is, is um, just a sign that our mind, that we, we haven't taken the time to look at the nature of our actions. People who, who take an intellectual point of view will often see nothing wrong with killing and in fact will often postulate situations such as this where killing is the preferable uh, method. Now. When you look at it in this way, and indeed, if you're, you you should understand that this is how the Buddha uh, would have us look at ethics, then to compare the two situations, uh, before we talk about vegetarianism, so comparing the two situations, one who, a person who eats meat uh, and a person who kills, from this point of view, now putting aside any, any intellectual arguments, and I'll try to get to that in a second, simply from, from the experiential point of view, which is the, 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 the true, the proper view according to the Buddha, whether you agree with it or not. Um, there, it's a world of difference. You can eat meat, 
uh, w without any unwholesomeness in your mind. It's possible. I, I think that that should go without saying that a person can be mindful of something, you know, no matter what it is, putting it in your mouth, swallowing it, and and um, tasting it, and so on, and, and making use of of the energy, without having any malice or or uh, any any thoughts of of uh, causing suffering to any being at all. And it's only when we become intellectual about it and when we make the the assumption uh, for instance that more beings are going to have to die or someone is going to have to kill for us or um, you know I guess in in the sense of, of people like Mark Zuckerberg and many people have this view that one should kill for oneself the idea that you don't you won't um, respect the significance of the act um, but you know really the the, the the person who kills cannot help but crush the, you know, experience a state of crushing and repressing our, our natural empathy for each other as, as living beings and uh, will, will degrade the state of their mind. And this is, this is empirical. This is something most people can't see. Um, I have a story that I always tell about when I was young and I was hunting with my father. I wasn't always a Buddhist. Um, and the, I, I killed a deer actually once, which is my claim to shame. Uh, but it was very difficult. Uh, it, it was a very difficult thing to, to, to pull the trigger, which was strange because I had no qualms about it at the time. I wasn't at all afraid of, of hurting other beings. Um, you know, I had some empathy, but not, um, not anything nearly as uh, advanced as it should have been. And so, but but nonetheless, my whole body shook, and it was very it was a difficult thing to do. After that, it became a lot easier. After the first time, as I got into it and got used to it, became accustomed to it, it got a lot more difficult. And uh, simply because of the repression that goes on and the the de degradation of the mind, until you become numb to it. It's also uh, this is also something that's easy to see uh, when you talk to to soldiers or when, when we take I took peace studies in university and we studied how we studied war so we studied how it is that you get people to kill and they found that in the first world war there was an incredibly low accuracy rate of uh, you know for in terms of what do you call um, bullets shot and enemies killed or uh, people killed and this was because they found out that most of the soldiers didn't want to kill their fellow human beings and they would shoot over each other's heads. Apparently this is a documented fact. So this frustrated the leaders greatly and, and so they tried to figure out how it is that you can get your soldiers to kill. How can you teach someone to kill? And the way to do it is to, uh, to destroy the empathy that they might have for the other, the other human being by creating distance between them. So this is why you have all these uh, derogatory terms for the enemy, right? Why you hear that, in, why we had in, in the early part of the last century a lot of propaganda and derogatory terms used to refer to other, you know, the enemies. Um, the, you know, the names for the Germans, the names for the Japanese, and so on. And the movies that show them, you know, vicious and mean and cruel and trying to... So they did everything they could to create a distance and destroy the 
ability to empathize with the other the other living being and they found that this helped what they found that helped helped even more is when they started using more technologically advanced means of killing each other bombing uh, because bombing then they, they what the soldiers would say is it's just like a video game and so they had very little qualms about dropping bombs and so on I, I think this points quite clearly to to the the, the relationship between empathy and uh, and and the, the state of killing, the, the act of killing, and uh, how you, how you need to crush your empathy in order to do it. So, uh, I think people who use the computer a lot, um, it, it gets easier for them because you're if you're not careful it's easy for you to build up intense states of concentration that are able to crush your your emotions crush your 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 sense of of, uh, of reality and empathy and so it, it's very easy to think logically that this is somehow a better uh, way of doing things so okay that's on the one side but this also helps us to understand what the buddhist uh, answer to the question should we be vegetarians is the answer is no, the answer is, in regards to the requirement for being a vegetarian, no, there is no requirement, and there shouldn't be a requirement. And in fact, I would postulate, um, but this is actually a little bit of a different argument, I would postulate that it's, um, it's better not to be totally vegetarian. What I would advocate is passive vegetarianism. Uh, and that's in the sense of not desiring meat. But this is actually a different argument. I want to finish the first argument. The first argument is pointing out that in terms of the the empirical nature or the experiential nature of eating meat and killing, it's two different, completely different things. A person who eats meat can do so free from guilt. Um, this is my understanding. This is what we have in the earliest Buddhist texts that I'm aware of not in all Buddhist texts, but this is the, the, the understanding that I follow. And I think, in my mind, it's quite clear, even though you know, many people will disagree. So the other argument that, um, that has to do with the, the intellectual side of, of, um, of, uh, of, of eating meat, so the, the argument goes that Irregardless of the, uh, the, the the states in the person's mind at the time, that there is an there is an ethical responsibility to uh, to refrain from eating meat because animals uh, will be killed. So th this is why people. Th th I think there's an understanding generally that you're not you're not eating meat viciously, thinking you know. Uh, die, 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 because you, you know it's already dead, but the ethics that they're talking about, which I submit is not really true Buddhist ethics, uh, is that it's going to lead to uh, beings being killed. Uh, and, and if we don't eat meat, then fewer beings will be killed. Now, this is why I thought it's important to explain the nature of Buddhist ethics as, as I follow it, as I see it. Uh, because this sort of ethics, well, this sort of ethics really doesn't hold up in my mind because 
all beings have to die. As I said, the real problem isn't that beings are killed or, or, or so on, because we all have to die. More suffering, less suffering is really all relative, and it's really not the biggest problem, because eventually we're all going to have to learn to understand and to let go and to not be affected by suffering. So it's not necessarily the case that suffering is going to be a, a, a bad thing or something we have to worry about. What we really have to worry about is the state of our minds. So uh, a, a person who, who eats meat uh, does so with a pure mind. A person who kills obviously does so with an impure mind. And that's really where the difference lies. A person who, who eats meat is not thinking of uh, or, or has, has no real connection with the, the act of killing that goes on. Uh, the, the idea that somehow you can stop beings from being killed is really a bit uh, short-sighted, I think, considering the fact that when you look at the world around us, the, the amount of killing that goes on uh, is, is something in, you know, to an, inc an incredible, the, the, the magnitude of the, of the problem. If your solution to, or if your goal is to find a solution to the problem of killing, then, you know, just stepping out your door is going to cause difficult for you because difficulty for you because of the, you know, the murder that goes on in every quarter by every type of being on on Earth, by most types of beings. If you're not a predator, you're prey, uh, for the most part. And so this points to the second part of the argument that Buddhism is a path towards simplicity. This sort of intellectual argument has no place in Buddhism because we're not trying to change the world. We're not trying to fix the world. The, the world is, by nature, it's a, something that we've created out of our ignorance. It's something that we've put together uh, based on our craving, based on, our mis based on the idea that somehow we're going to create a stable and lasting uh, state of existence and the what the Buddha realizes is that you can't do it because everything is is unstable and changing and because as, as the more you try to cling to things as stable the more you create suffering this is um, th this is an, uh, another part of the argument the third thing that I, w I wanted to say so the, the second is that uh, we're not we're, these sort of intellectual arguments. The point is that if you if you open up the can of worms of of the intellectual responsibility to not eat meat, then you'll never find a you'll never find rest because every part of your life, in some way, causes suffering for other beings. When you drive a car, you shouldn't drive a car because most likely the beings are going to die as a result of, of you driving a car. You shouldn't use most beauty products or razor blades because they've all been tested on animals. And there are people who, who think like this, but it goes to such, you know, there is no, there is no line you can draw. And uh, I would submit that there, there is no need to, to find a line. The, the line is quite clear in, in terms of where our intentions are. And this is throughout the Buddha's teaching. Buddha said, when you step on an ant, if you didn't know you were stepping on the ant, you, you're not guilty of anything. 
the point is what goes on in your mind because this is what's going to change who you are and this is what's going to um, affect your future it's what's going to to actually to to change the world because if our minds are pure we'll never we'll never have any desire to kill if our mind is pure we'll, we'll, we'll change the, the minds of other people we will help the people around us to to decide that killing is wrong and so on and so the problem will never arise the point is to stop people from wanting to kill not to stop people from wanting to uh, to eat meat so but why I say I think passive vegetarianism is good and what that means uh, there is a, so this is the third part that uh, passive vegetarianism I think is a good thing and I don't think this is nearly as, as important but it's something for us to think about because a person who wants to eat meat a person who is actively seeking out meat is doing something that is that should be we should all be aware of uh, they're guilty of of something and a fairly extreme form of karma uh, of this type of karma the type of karma I'm thinking of is the is is the karma based on greed based on on desire and it's a prime example of how desire leads to the degradation of our world our desire for meat has no doubt uh, done a lot to uh, to change the nature of this earth the, the fact that we do kill um, the fact that there is an incredible amount of killing on, killing going on um, is uh, has degraded the world to to a great extent. The they they you know they say that the only reason people kill is because um, because people want you know there's a desire for meat and therefore people are killing. But that's that's a simplistic thing to say. People kill because they have. Uh, they have defilements in their mind because they don't understand that killing is wrong. They're the ones who are guilty of the killing, the person who kills. The people who have greed, who, who, who push them to do it in a sense, or, or make it um, viable for them to do, ha have, have some responsibility um, for the, the situation, uh, but, but are not guilty of murdering. So when a person desires to eat meat, if you're, if you're someone who is, uh, is going out of your way to find meat, and this might even include buying meat, although uh, I, I would consider that to be a little more neutral in the sense that you go to the grocery store and you buy the food that you know is going to be healthy. Um, but when a person is actively seeking it out, when a person is actively uh, looking for meat or, or uh, encouraging people asking for it um, and so on then there is a problem that there there is the, the degradation the, the 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 only type of vegetarianism that I really wouldn't advise is the active veg vegetarianism where you uh, you refuse meat when it's given to you and this is uh, as monks this is the type of vegetarianism that we uh, we don't subscribe to. So, as monks, we do. Uh, we we are guilty if we ask for meat, if we desire meat, if we're looking for it. Then this is considered to be uh, an offense against our our monastic code. But we are expected to eat the food that people give us, 
And I think this is the, the line in the sand, or the line that we should draw, because at this point there is no guilt and no responsibility. Um, the, the only way I can see that a person has responsibility is not because intellectually somehow they are contributing, uh, but because they are actively uh, encouraging, promoting, increasing the demand uh, because they actually demand it. When a person takes whatever food they're given, or, you know, and, and this doesn't just apply to monks, so when we go to someone's house and they offer us food, um, you know, and, and they offer us meat, this is considered, you know, we are a passive, um, we, 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 are, we are a passive uh, recipient of the meat. We're not actively seeking it out and we have no greed for it and we eat it for our nourishment. I would say that this is, uh, this, this is un, um, what's the word, this is ethically neutral, an ethically neutral act. And uh, so for this reason I would say that no, it's not necessary to be vegetarian. I would say that there is an argument that we should not actively seek out meat. But if a person is uh, if a person is is looking to practice meditation and follow the Buddhist teaching, I would say that even even could be that buying meat is not a real problem if your intention is not to specifically buy meat, but simply to buy food that is going to sustain you, with the with the only object of for the practice of meditation. Uh, because, as I said, the point of the the whole argument, the point of the Buddhist teaching is the simple the simplification of our lives. That our lives should be simply about our experience. When we see, it's only seeing. When we hear, it's only hearing. The Buddha said, "This is the way to enlightenment. The way we should train ourselves is that seeing becomes only seeing, hearing becomes only hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, and thinking." So, uh, meat is something that uh, only that, that that only has significance in an intellectual sense on an experiential level it's something that has been abandoned there is no mind involved so there is no empathy and no sympathy and and uh, no um, relation to ourselves no no connection to ourselves that needs to arise in the mind it's a physical that has been abandoned by the, the being to whom it once belonged. <clears throat> so, that is my understanding of vegetarianism, that it's, uh, it's not quite as simple as one might think, and it, it does show that, uh, the, the, that Buddhist ethics are, are actually you know, quite logical, scientific, and um, you know, quite simple easy to understand, I should think, especially if you're practicing meditation. The only time it would be unethical is in the same way that anything that uh, has to do with, involves greed, is unethical. Uh, anytime we have greed, we can see why the universe, why the world is being changed in so many ways. It's totally about greed. Our greed for oil, our greed for land, our greed for gold, money, our greed for computers, and electronics. This is a good example, for instance. Um, the, the, the electronics industry and all of the metals and so on is actually creating great conflict in the world. So there are people who will say that uh, using 
the, the electronic devices that we have with the, the computer chips and so on with all of their metals that have to be mined and therefore have to uh, have to be fought over uh, so the people are using these are actually contributing to the conflicts in places like uh, many African nations where they are doing mining and 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 there's you know, there's not one group there's everyone's fighting over them and there's there's a lot of suffering that goes on uh, my point is that that it's not direct because a person obviously who uses the electronic devices is uh, has no thought in their mind that, that they're doing that the point is those people who are fighting over the these things are you know if they were to give up then there would be uh, there would obviously be no problem when, when we let go when we and the people who are encouraging the fighting, who are, are pushing to, you know, to, to, to get these, these minerals and so on. But yet we can see how our greed affects that, how our need for, for, for these you know, high-tech gadgets and so on. So uh, the, the unethic, this is an unethical uh, part of our being that we should give up. If we can use things like technology that that are that exists without greed without attachment without need for them uh, and without need for really everything then there would be never be any need to go to war for anything we'd, we'd all be able to you know, use what we have but you can see it's totally based on greed that we're fighting over uh, fighting over rocks uh, as an example and so many other things this is uh, a different aspect of the, the issue of vegetarianism uh, as uh, it is an aspect of all of our uh, all of our actions all of our our, our, um, our the part of our lives that has to do with our desires and our need for, for this or that so I hope this has been interesting and helped to put somehow in perspective the issue of vegetarianism uh, I think it's sad that People might feel guilty when they eat meat, um, you know, un unreasonably, thinking that somehow they, they are responsible for some sort of killing. Uh, and I know there are many people who feel that way and actually probably you know, quite, quite disagree with what I'm saying here. Uh, but I would ask those people to look in their own minds and to see the state of mind, even as they're listening to this video, because it's the state of our mind that is the most important. It's the only thing that's going to determine our future. If I eat meat, I'm not worried about it because it means nothing to me. I know that the being is gone. But when I see living beings, even uh, farm animals or so on, uh, knowing that they have to be slaughtered, uh, it's, it's really a totally different uh, state of affairs. I could never do some of the things that I did before uh, because I understand the, the suffering involved. It is quite clear, I think, if you meditate to see the difference, that you would never wish suffering on another being if you, uh, if, if you understand the nature of suffering and the nature of the defilements that lead, lead us to cause suffering for others. So, I think that's uh, enough for this question. Thanks for tuning in. All the best.